Welcome to Let's Talk with Teresa Ann. I am very grateful for you joining me on today's reading of my first book written in 2004 and released in 2007, titled God is Enthralled by Your Beauty, Finally Looking into the Mirror and Seeing What God Sees. Today, I'll be reading from chapter 4. That's what is coming up next. Chapter 4, The Eye of the Beholder, Psalm 139.14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I awoke to a memory, just as a little girl in the beginning, so I was. I knew how beautiful I was, yet the devastating, memorable moment when it all changed, the moment I entered my kindergarten class, the mirror I looked into was shattered. I looked into the distorted object, which reflected the hurtful insults. My peers did not see beauty in me, and in turn, I allowed them to become the eye of the beholder in my life. I must say, I remembered that day so vividly. The transition was unfair, for I was a princess at home. Yet when coming to school for the first time, I was suddenly different. I did not realize how different until that very moment. I remember the first insult that was hurled at me as they pointed their fingers and crinkling their noses. Ew, Chinese. As the kids said it, they pulled their eyes in a slanted position and laughed. I remember desperately wanting to run out of that place. Almost immediately, I allowed that day to mold me into an insecure, resentful little girl. I began resenting my own mother, who was a beautiful Korean woman, and thinking to myself, I'm made fun of because of her. I wish I looked like the other girls. They have light hair and light eyes, and they aren't made fun of. I remember wanting to be of no part of my culture whatsoever. I thought to myself, my mom ruined my life. Of course, that was a lie. But this is what started forming in my little mind. I could no longer hear the compliments of the people who loved me and whom I loved. For I did not hear confirmations outside the home. I only heard the opposite. I was focused on the negative insults hurled at me almost daily as a little girl. I fought back with mean words, which did not help my situation or anyone else's. Of course, as a child, this was and is hard to comprehend. So I interrupt this memory and ask you a question. Who was the eye of the beholder in your life? Is it you, your peers, your spouse, or is it Almighty God, the one who created you? If the eye of the beholder is you, then this could be a detriment if what you see is of despair. I believe this issue alone affects our relationships with our family, spouse, and sadly enough, even our own children. We need to step back, wake up and pay attention to what we are saying 
about ourselves, especially when in the presence of our children. We need to listen to ourselves and know that our children observe our self-destructive comments and will most likely turn on the heels of the lie we have spoken over ourselves and believe it for themselves. Our children are so much more aware of life than we give them credit for. So many times they're aware and sensitive to our feelings more than we are. They will often wonder, why is mom sad? Why is mom upset? Did I do something to make mom feel that way? The negative words we speak over our lives, we have received as these so-called gifts when they were never intended to be received at all. Who knew that the enemy would not have to use his own weaponry, but we ourselves could commit self-sabotage on our own lives to demoralize and even defame who God says we are. Have you ever heard yourself talk about who you are as a person? I have. I've caught myself cut down on many areas of who I am and in turn defame the very person whom God created. We actually believe that we have this right to say these awful things about ourselves. But what and who gave us that right? It's not God, because we're to live our life to glorify Him. How does it glorify God when we say the opposite of what He says about us? It is evidently clear that this does not glorify God because with our words and actions, we say with great ignorance that the King of Kings ultimately made a mistake, which we know he cannot lie and nor does he have the ability to lie or make mistakes. As it is so eloquently recorded in Isaiah twenty nine sixteen, how stupid can you be? He is the potter, and he is certainly greater than you. You are only the jars he makes. Should the thing that was created say to the one who made it, He didn't make us. Does a jar ever say, The potter who made me is stupid? When I read that scripture, I was astounded at the same accusation I unknowingly had towards God. Me being the clay... Judging God, the potter, as if to say he knows nothing about what I am when he is the great I am. Isn't it amazing how we think we have it all figured out? But God is so merciful. No wonder he says, my mercy is new every morning. Lamentations three twenty-two through 23. The mercy he has over us is actually, I believe, for himself. We become beneficiaries of that mercy as he is so patient over us. What love. Are you ready to live a life of true freedom in Christ Jesus? Is it, it is readily available. Are we willing to fix our eyes upon the beautifully adorned mirror? which is the word of God. If so, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is so lovingly, I would presume, sighing with relief as the great I am says of you, you have 
finally believed what I have said of you all along. My beautiful daughter, you are adorned in my radiant love over you. For I am enthralled by your beauty. You have finally looked into the mirror I see you in. You might even ask, why do you keep emphasizing beauty? I believe it is the core of God's creation throughout the earth. He is the author of true beauty. I keep emphasizing beauty because it is emphasized every day in front of our eyes, wherever we go, if we're looking and if we're aware. However, the beauty that we've been exposed to has been through the impure, sadistic ways of the world. Personally, I have lived a life of please approve of me. I would conform to anything you wanted. Sadly, no matter the cost. If it cost my family, okay, as long as you accept me. It was a sad and misconstrued way of living, and I lived it. In fact, I would not call it living. I wouldn't even call it existing. I didn't live on purpose. I lived as though every choice I made was just this simple accident. I lived a life of looking into the mirror and not realizing that there I stared into the eyes of a precious spirit whom God fearfully and wonderfully made. When your eyes meet your reflection in the mirror, do you catch a glimpse of a precious jewel, a treasure that the world does not know about yet? As you look into the mirror, do you see a glimmer of hope? Do you see a woman who has filled herself up with lies and now realizes that it's time she knows the truth? But what is the truth? The truth is that God is the great I am. He is the Father. He is the King of Kings. And you belong to Him. You are a woman in him made with great strength and might. He with passion and pleasure lets the kingdom know that you are his daughter. You in and of yourself do not have this great strength and might, but it's in him. He bids you to come so that the world may see what has been violently kidnapped from them. You have something that they never knew they needed until they laid eyes upon you. There is something inside you from the Lord that must get out. Your gift from the Lord is not to be hoarded, but to be graciously received by others. God desires to deliver us from living the counterfeit and delivering us into the life we were always meant to live. The life of authenticity in Christ, the revealing mandate of his majestically glorious beauty. Thank you so much for listening to chapter four of God is enthralled by your beauty. Thank you for tuning in tomorrow for chapter five, beauty for ashes.